Hello and welcome to episode number 229 of the Armin Show podcast. We have a cool individual on this one here. We have not had a podcaster, and that's just one thing this individual does on the show before. Mm. It is Mark Metry. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Armin. I really appreciate having us on, and hopefully we can create some value for people. This is and true. yourself. It's both. Mm-hmm. And me. And you. Okay, let's not forget you. First thing I want to mention is Mark. We have some similarity. Mark is on the spot. He's like moving, flowing. It's nice to see different category. A lot of the people I've had on recently are like authors, scientists, researchers that it's more about their material they just put out. Yours is more a framework for what you're building, which is nice to see, which I think will include things like it's already including things like speaking and whatnot. Tell us about your podcast, first of all. How would you describe it? Yeah, so my podcast is called Humans 2.0. It's really mm-hmm. about the human experience, the human story, and how somebody can develop themselves, not just when it comes to um, you know, things like mindset, but also things how to improve their health, how to improve their finances, really just all around uh, improving the fidelity of your experience in every sense. That's nice. Like the bandwidth. Higher bandwidth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like sure. Mm-hmm. I thought about that a few times. Like we seek out the high bandwidth experiences in our life and then the other ones, they're sort of like, they just have a little bit of noise, but they're not, uh, you're not highly connected to them. What, what would you say in your... Because youth is a big part of it. You're creating stuff. You're saying messages. What leads to that point? What in your youth leads to you creating output now? Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Can you restate the question? <laughs> so like uh, we have certain personality traits and then we also have certain experiences from our youth that lead to us, like you and I, making a lot of content for other people, sharing mm. insights. What is it about your earlier experiences that lend themselves to you putting out insights? Mm. Yeah, I I really love that question, man. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what I would say is this. So, you know, I grew up, I I had a great, you know, childhood compared to some people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I had my own problems. You know, this is just part of life. And for me, problems were uh, my health. I had poor health, things like autoimmune to ADHD, um, and then I also had my fair share of uh, experiencing racism and bullying, which really just created, you know, the younger version of me being super, super socially anxious. And it got to that point where it didn't matter where I was, I could just never express my real self to anybody, including myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had a fair share of anxiety, depression, not really fitting in. And, you know, when I was 18 years old, I ended up going off to college and that's where a lot of stuff, where a lot of stuff went down. And it, you know, long story short, it, it just completely changed my perspective and enabled me to understand that, um, you know, there's millions, if not billions of people that, you know, were facing problems and I was able to quote unquote, get out of them. Not that, you know, the problems are completely gone, but I just have a better handle. I have a better relationship on them. And so I'm just trying to put that out there on the internet for everybody to see, man. That makes sense. 
So there was time. Now, do, were you like self-aware at that time when, let's say you were uh, 18, 15, 20, that, wait a minute, I'm being a little bit, uh, I'm not sharing myself. There's things I'm not yeah, expressing. So, yeah, so, you know, you know, awareness obviously has many different kinds of levels. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I probably was not aware <laughs> of really mm -hmm. anything. Um, mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, for me, I, I think my level of awareness started short at many moments in my life. But um, I remember a big stage of my awareness was when I was 15, 16 years old. Um, I ended up discovering this video game called Minecraft. And uh -huh. I ended up starting a multiplayer server on it. And long story short, it becomes the world's number one Minecraft server and I start making hundreds Whoa. of thousands of dollars. Yeah, so I started a six-figure business, not even intentionally, um, just sort of, uh, just really just stumbled into it just because I was doing what I was, what I loved. And, you know, I, I didn't come from a place of money. I never really had access to money. And at that time, sort of my unconscious narrative, my belief system was, you know, go to school, graduate, go to college, get a degree, get a job at a corporation, work your way up to like some six-figure salary, and mm -hmm. then buy a house, get married, get a dog, have kids. Your life is now perfect. All of your problems go away. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of my unconscious narrative. So when mm -hmm. I was 15, 16, and all of a sudden, I was making a ridiculous amount of, <laughs> of money, that began to totally shift my perspective because I was like, wait, I now have what I thought would make me successful, but I still consider myself mm -hmm. a loser. I still don't like myself. And so that was like the beginning of a very slow start of awareness. And my awareness began to pick up when I mm -hmm. went off to college, like I said, and I was 18. And, you know, what happened, Armin, was – I had so, I had so many different competing beliefs and ideas in my head. Uh, I had this sort of default setting of, hey, Mark, you know, you're a loser. And I thought that because I had no energy due to my poor health and because of my, you know, previous experiences when socializing, when it came to bullying and, and racism and not having a high self-esteem and having low self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And you know, I sort of had that idea of like, hey, Mark, you're a loser. But then I also had this other competing idea in my head of like, you know, hey, Mark, you started a six figure business mm -hmm. when you were 15. Like there's definitely something to you that makes you special, that makes you unique to different people. And so I had a wide variety of these competing ideas. And at the same time, I just straight up, you know, you know, was really becoming conscious of the fact that I did have social anxiety and I wasn't just like a shy kid and accepted the labels that I had heard from other people. And so as that was slowly happening and as I, as I was becoming aware that I actually did have social anxiety and just cause and effect consequences of life, I also began to understand that if I don't do something about this literally right now, it's going to get worse. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I imagine myself, you know, 10 years down the road, um, let's say 30 when, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, Hey Mark, imagine if you don't 
control your social anxiety. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. You're going to live a life of quiet desperation. You're not going to be able to express yourself to anybody. And at that time I was in college and I was, um, and I was studying to be a computer science major. And, you know, I realized that at that same time, if I don't change my career, if I don't do something different about it now, mm-hmm. I'm going to end up going off to some corporation and working a nine to five job, coding my entire life in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. And that for me is probably the saddest thing personally that I could ever, ever, ever imagine and feel myself doing. And so when I began to understand that, I was just like, holy crap, like I got to do something about this right now. And that was really the set of events that enabled me to, you know, increase my awareness because, you know, until you have awareness, you don't know and you don't have control over it. So it's about increasing your level of awareness and then you can actually do something about it. And that's what happened to me when I was 18. This is some good stuff. I I picked up on a few things you mentioned there that everybody, I mean, anybody that has gone through that has alluded to. So like the money, let's say that from the Minecraft doesn't change so much. You still had those feelings. Not they, not like they got canceled away and suddenly you felt like right. I'm a winner in complete sense. It doesn't just cancel out that uh, inner mindset. That's one key point. Uh, doing stuff in the moment you mentioned that part is key. And then the path. I like that part. I think about it. If you do one thing in the wrong category, it doesn't just take care of it. Now, if you just did the, you went to the college. Now the next thing would be something on the, you, you end up in that list, that category, that path. You have to cut it off if that's not your path or you just keep going further into the sunk cost fallacy on that end toward a, <laughs> some sort of cubicle mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, my, my entire, you know, thought process was just like, you know, I'm going to these classes and um, I hate them. And it's mm-hmm. like if I'm if I hate learning about this, I can't even imagine how much I'm going to hate it when I'm doing this like full, full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a lot of different things. And I'll tell you, like, this was like everything I just told you, this was like going on at a deep level. So I don't even think I was conscious of this the entire time. And I didn't, you know, to be honest with you, I had never heard of the word or the words mindset or like self-development or like any of these words that we use now, you know, for me, like when I ended up going off to college and I hit that, um, you know, dark time and through this cognitive biases, you know, it put me in a lot of stress and I was, um, you know, I gained like 60 pounds and I was mm-hmm. over 210 pounds. And, right. you know, this whole journey of me trying to do something, trying to solve a problem really came from me seeing a, you know, outward problem. Like I remember I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I like, I'm not this person, like, w- like what happened? And so mm-hmm. that began the process of me just trying to lose weight and become healthier. And that, that is actually what led me on the path of like really discovering myself and discovering, you know, what I'm meant here on this earth to do. So it wasn't exactly straightforward. It took a lot of guessing and stumbling in the dark. And, you know, that's just part of life because that happens. So, you know, now, um, you know, I'm at this stage now, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you could also do it 10 years from now where you can um, look back 
like like the same way that I'm looking back now yes. on this podcast and looking back at those dark times and be like, damn, I didn't know what I was doing, but right. I still made it through. And that gives you the pride to, you know, keep moving forward. So that's all part of the game. Mm-hmm. I like that. You're like, okay, I was able to handle that. And one key part I just noticed, you looked at yourself and you didn't believe it. You're like, this is not me. This is something more. Maybe until the person has that thought process, they can't go to the next step. You have to not believe it and be like, yo, this is something's off here. Like, I got to alter this. It's kind of nice because you have a few things that you have completely altered. Like, for example, the weight, that is an alteration. The I feel like uh, the socialization and maybe the anxiety, I don't know how much it impacts right now, but it doesn't come across in all your uh, material now. It's nice to see that change people like to see that story now on to the good stuff yeah. which is now which the past does create the now but you are currently i like let me t mention a few things your podcast is rolling in flow i notice people in momentum you're rolling with momentum it's nice and also speaking i want to discuss too but specifically your podcast where where would you like it to go or what specific category I think mental health might be one you want to focus on. Do you want to help the future Mark? Like a 12-year-old Mark. Whoa, wait, wait. So the question was, uh, <laughs> like, what am I trying to focus on on the podcast? Yes. And then, like, is part of it to, uh, with, the, with your audience later, to reach, like, the Marks of later that are, like, 15 years old? And maybe yeah, sure, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so listen, bro. I mean, I'm gonna do so much in this world. This Darn is really right. just the really, you know, this is just the beginning of uh, of my empire, mm -hmm. and um, you know, w what's really important as a part of the empire is influence, is having the abil ability to um, gather people's attention and deploy it. And the podcast for me, when I started it towards the end of 2017. Um, was really just a matter of uh, of that. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's gotten to that point where, um, you know, the podcast for me is the way is a way that I, I do it for a lot of different reasons. But mm -hmm. one of them is to scale myself. Right. Yes. And what I mean is, like, I can't have uh, five million conversations with people. Nope. Right. But I can have five million people download my podcast. Mm -hmm. And so it's just sort of that extenuation, that continuation of that idea. And, you know, really, man, it's really, really extraordinary. Like there doesn't go a single day. There, there isn't a single day that goes by where I don't get a message on Twitter or a DM on Instagram or an email from somebody saying how, you know, they're, you know, they're like, they're like 13 years old or they're like 59 years old mm -hmm. and they listened to my podcast with somebody and it made them think about something differently for the first time or maybe they heard something for mm -hmm. the first time and now they've been able to shift their own behavior and, you know, do it. And so, you know, that to me is, is what it's really all about, really just scaling that communication influence piece because all the other things that I'm going to do in the future mm – -hmm are going to be backed up by that. You know, there's no point in doing things if the world doesn't know about them. And so if you can get that intention, not intention, attention early on in a good, sustainable way, mm -hmm. um, that's good. 
This is true. Now, that makes sense. That's what the content does bring. Now, it is speaking on a podcast. Speaking is also something I have seen you have started doing in relation to LinkedIn groups of some form. How did you get into speaking? Are you liking it? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sorry about that. Um, so, so yeah, man. So the first time I ever spoke publicly was last year, mm-hmm. um, like in September. And it was at a LinkedIn local event. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I speak at a ton of different places, not just LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just sort of uh, how I got my start. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of people know me from LinkedIn. But, mm-hmm. you know, I speak at schools, companies, conferences, all sorts of things. And, you know, man, honestly, the first time, the first time I, uh, the first time I ended up speaking, it honestly felt like a, a nuclear bomb lit up inside of me in a Mm -hmm. good way. And it felt like I got access to so much energy, so much potential within me. And it's so funny because like, I remember growing up, I would literally never uh, talk to to anybody. Anytime I had a presentation in school, mm-hmm. I would either not show up or I would go to the bathroom or I'd find an excuse some way to not present. And if I did, I would literally just like look down at the floor and just like, you know, talk mm-hmm. uh, in a low voice. Um, and so, yeah, speaking has been really, really extraordinary. It's always a good challenge for me. But, you know, to me, it's always about the people that come up to you after or the people that give you feedback after like uh, last month I was speaking in Orlando and you know this mom came up to me and she basically told me how her and her husband and her son came and she basically told me that my story was identical to to this to her son and she told me that was the first time her son ever heard that before and you know and she was crying and like so many different things and that happens all the time and it's just that's such a crazy crazy experience and i can't wait to keep it going and it's something that i really 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 enjoy and i can't wait to um to do it even more so um yeah it's been quite the ride that's a wonderful thing right there it is great to have an audience and if you have something to say which you do then boom that's what it's built for and then that's what they came for what have you ever done any sort of like personality tests or do you have a sense of some of your key personality traits that you identify with? What are those? Yeah, so that's interesting. So, um, you know, some, I mean, some people like, uh, you know, the Myers-Briggs test, the one mm-hmm. that tells you if you're, you know, INFJ or whatever. What are you um, in Do you know? Yeah, I'm an INFJ, but, oh, okay. um, cool. I mean, you know, honestly, yeah, I mean, honestly, man, like, I don't even, I don't even think like those are a hundred percent legit. Uh-huh. Um, there are some people that are much more qualified than me that have studied and like say that Myers Briggs is not really based on any kind of science at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, for me, like, I don't really know. I think I definitely am naturally introverted. I'm like more in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm very uh, sensitive. Like I mm-hmm. think when it comes to people, I think when it comes to 
um, just picking different kinds of cues up from different kinds of people. So I think I'm much more emotionally receptive and I can pick up on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, what was that? Your empathy is high. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. My empathy is, is high, which is, can be a good and bad thing. Um, but, uh, like another thing is, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just like, like, I'm like, for me, like I, I focus on things, but sometimes I have trouble focusing and, you know, sometimes like something will come into my world and I will just completely obsess over that. And like, Mm -hmm. I'll spend every second thinking about that, which I think is pretty normal if you're somebody who is obsessed and passionate. Um, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things I could go into, but um, mm-hmm. anything like specific you're meaning with that? Like, uh, well, yeah, so I look at it in, cer- in terms of that too. So like the, like Myers-Briggs is cool or certain key traits you identify with, like I identify with resiliency or partial fearlessness or um, non-contextual nature. Is there some of those key words that you identify with as yourself? Um, you know, honestly, man, I don't know if they're personality, but for me, some of the core values, some of the main principles that I try to live my life with is, mm-hmm. um, you know, like religiously respecting the truth, um, mm-hmm. being truthful with myself, being truthful with other people, trying my best to never lie because it always comes back to bite you. Um, always being rooted in, um, physiology because I've understood throughout my life that, you know, your body is really the vehicle in which that you experience everything on mm-hmm. this planet. And it's important to take care of that and not just to view yourself as a mind walking around. Um, another another thing is uh, like embodying the identity of always being a learner um, and not necessarily, you know, like, you know, placing labels and different kinds of masks on myself. Like, you know, like I don't think of myself as a top 100 podcaster or speaker or any of these things at all. I try not to, you know, get that stuff. I try not, I try not to let my identity associate with those kinds of things Mm -hmm. because, you know, the matter of the fact is our ego is always trying to cling on to something that is temporary to try to make it everlasting Mm -hmm. to try to um to try to really make it as its own to put it up as a mask and you know throughout my entire life i lived with a mask on and so i think it's super important for my identity to be built on some foundational pieces that don't really change that aren't really you know don't really have to do with my bank account or things that I know in this life that are going to go away. And so that's what I try to focus on. And, you know, because I let, I know that, um, you know, our existence is eternal. Um, we're definitely going to die someday, but you know, if you look at, you know, all religions, all cultures, they're always pointing at, you know, this sense of us being eternal of our soul, of our spirit, never really going away and, and living with that. And, so I know I'm 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 eternal and it's just trying to, you know, move in the right way, not necessarily try to think of myself as like a certain personality, but really just, you know, energy connected to everybody and everything else. Mm-hmm. That's a good way not to not attach to the fleeting. And then because the fleeting breaks down, then you break down with it if you're attached to it. 
So it's kind of like an error, Yeah, and right? I still have trouble with it. Absolutely, man. I still have trouble with it. Like, there's, there's like, I can't tell you how many times my, my um, you know, fleeting in that sense and then fleeting in, like, a moment sense of, like, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'm experiencing something and then, like, the corner of my brain is saying, like, hey, this is going to go away tomorrow. Like, you're like, hey, this is going to go away. And, like, that literally happens to me all the time. And it's just a constant, um, you know, relationship. It's just a constant journey that you're sort of working on and, and, and you know, building. And, you know, I'm still very young, 22. I've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to stay humble and trying to focus on the right kinds of things, not trying to be attached to the wrong things and just living life, man. That makes sense. This is wonderful, by the way. Shout-outs to 22. Now, look at this. <laughs> I want to point out, on your podcast, you have had many guests that either I have also read from them or I know of them. A few of them they have been on my podcast. There's some overlap. What are a few? Some he has had, by the way, folks. Mark Manson, Robert Green, Safi mm. Bacall, who I uh, talked mm. about uh, Loon Shots with, and many more. I friends. love him. The list is extensive. I love Safi, man. He's cool. Right? He's a friendly, friendly individual. Now, who are... Yeah, man, I was uh, hanging out in his apartment in uh, right, Cambridge. Right, that's just award winner. <laughs> that's some good stuff right there. He's that's a cool humble. feature, by the way. When you're in person, that's a nice... Uh, it's like, hello, you know, hi there. Yeah, uh, in person is always better. Mm-hmm. One day, Armin and Mark in person. Who are... 100%. Right? Three people, three episodes um, that you are... Actually, three is two. What are a few that come to mind that yeah. the messages resonate strongly with you? Yeah, so uh, number one, uh, Naveen Jain. I've uh, interviewed him twice on my podcast. One mm-hmm. recently on episode, um, oh man, I think it was like episode 260. I'm not sure. People can just search it. But 260. Um, Naveen, I'm looking at it, 260. There you go, man. Yeah, so Naveen Jain is the man. He's, uh, he's somebody who's had a, a massive impact on my life and um, – I mean, yeah, for people that don't know him, he's like a, like this tech billionaire. He has a space company. He has a healthcare company that like I think is going to disrupt the entire industry and just how we view health in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's somebody that, you know, really has pushed me to think bigger and do bigger and really just expand my horizon in life. And the way that he thinks is unlike anybody else. And I don't even know how to explain it. So I would highly recommend people just go and, and check it out. Um, somebody else that uh, has had a big impact on me, um, definitely, definitely uh, Patrick Bet David. Oh, He's mm-hmm. somebody I also had on you know, recently. And I mean, dude, I literally remember <laughs> – I literally remember like in 2015, 2016 when I was watching his videos on YouTube for mm-hmm. undervalutainment. Um, just learning about business, learning about entrepreneurship and the fact that, you know, I had the chance to talk to him, the fact that we've, you know, chatted, you know, he, he posts some of my content on his page, which is crazy. Um, really just awesome stuff, man. And it's, um, he, he's somebody that's like a real, real, like, I honestly think he's going to run for president in the next term or something. I have no idea. Like, he hasn't even talked about that. Mm-hmm. But just what he's doing is is crazy. Like, he's running events with speakers like former President George W. Bush and Kobe Bryant. So, he like, mm-hmm. what he's doing is literally groundbreaking. And this is just the start for him, I, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody else that, that comes to mind that um, has definitely made an impact on my life is uh, – 
Alex Benayan. He's the uh, the author of The Third Door. And I remember when I first read his book last year, like in the middle of last year, like his story and his journey, it was almost something that I was doing. And it helped, it helped me reconfirm sort of my, um, sort of my journey, because it's like, when you're, when you're doing something new, there's always this part of your brain that's like, wait, am I doing this right? Am I screwing this up? How do I know if this is working or not? And when I saw his journey and a lot of things that in his journey were parallel to mine, which people can read in his book, mm-hmm. it gave me just like the architecture and the language and the words in my brain to just sort of reconfirm what I was doing. And that was huge. And I've gotten the chance to um, to interview him, episode 237. And um, we're also going to do an in-person one soon. And I mean... 234, it, 234. It, Really, I thought it was two thirty-seven for Alex. Alex is two thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Really, I'm just looking at it. Really, okay. Well, that's that's weird. Two thirty-seven, Rob Dube. All right. Well, that's awkward because I because uh, I messed up on something then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Information, folks. This is what happens, by the way. Along the way, you correct little things, little things all the time. Definitely. I will point out um, the Naveen. I noticed that when he was talking. It seemed like I listened to a bit of that episode. Very practically, he's like, "Where are the biggest issues in the world?" And then tackling it was it was it sounded like basic, but few people think in that way. It it, it sounded great after I thought about it. I'm like, oh, that's not. You look at where the biggest issues are. That's where the relevance well, is. Well, it's this man. I mean, it's a it's a quote from Steve Jobs. Simplicity is the ultimate form of understanding. Right. And it's like you know things in this life are very very complex and. They're not always going to be simple, of course, but the matter of the fact is, um, you know, once you have been playing around in an area enough, you can boil it down to, you know, simple concepts. And that really is a real form of understanding at a deep level. Mm-hmm. I also like the thing you just mentioned uh, about exploration. You said with Alex Benayan, uh when in life you do little bits of exploration, you don't know uh, is this the right method. There's the... I was reading a post yesterday about exploiting versus exploring. Exploiting is just taking what you already have and rolling with it. And then exploring is like jumping from your mountain to that mountain over there. And uh, that one can be risky, but then uh, that's the only way to get to a larger larger size. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think experimentation is the key to life. If you don't you haven't tried anything new you're never going to go past the level that you are currently are at and you know there's always another level no matter where you are no matter how low or how high you are there's always another level and you know sometimes that's a good idea to have sometimes it's not a good idea to have unless you're at like a really low point in your life so you know it really just depends on the context as always mm-hmm. uh, a couple of compl- concluding points here what is one suggestion you would have for other podcasters in the space? Yeah, so, you know, what I would say is just like, um, I would say that I think most people are afraid to be them in the sense of, you know, somebody will listen to a podcast, maybe like, you know, Joe Rogan or Gary Vee, mm-hmm. and they'll think that, you know, they need to mimic them to have a top podcast and 
I definitely try to do it at the beginning, but you know, what I realized is that, you know, like the reason why Gary V is successful mm-hmm. is because he's being himself. Like that's just him. That's not him putting up a persona or a facade or a certain architected personality. And same mm-hmm. goes with all the other people that are at the very top. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say is like it like be true to yourself. Be you know, run your podcast the way that you want to. Talk the way that you want to. Don't try to mimic like a a radio personality or don't try to um you know, mimic uh, people that have podcasts that are getting some success, just try to experiment. I mean, the whole podcasting world, even though it's been on for a while, is mm-hmm. still relatively new. And it's like we have no idea what the winning formats of shows, who the winning podcast host will be in the long term. And it's just like having that ability to, again, like to the previous point, experiment and and continue doing new things. I'm always doing it uh, myself, but that's what I would say. And on top of that, I would also say to um, use the podcast not necessarily as you know a, a means to an end by itself, mm-hmm. but use the podcast as a tool. You know, don't just have a show just to talk to people. Use it as a tool. Try to see if it can help you grow your network. Try to see if it can help you grow your business. Try to see if it can help you grow you know your own knowledge, your own depth. And so, if you look at it as a tool rather than just like this thing that I do where I interview people, I mm-hmm. think you will go a lot further. That makes sense. Adding some In sort general. of cool. application to it. It's not just for that discussion. It's beyond that. Having a little bit of like, could this be a relationship for this? Can this be a some sort of business thing? Or can we create something else together? Collaboration, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Makes sense. And this is one I used to ask, and it's pretty good as a final. What is a, if you had a megaphone to all of humanity and you could tell them a sentence, what would that sentence be that represents a bit of who you are? Like a message for them. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I wouldn't really talk about myself. I would probably say, um, right. I mean, honestly, I don't even know, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say something along the lines of, uh, Oh, you know what I would say? I would say mm-hmm. you're going to die. No, I would say you could die tomorrow. That's what I would say. Right. And um and the and the and the meaning behind that is um you know, a big reason why we don't do things, whether we know it or not at a deep level is because we have a fear of what other people are going to think about us. And if you understand that you could die tomorrow, you're literally not going to care about, you know, what your boss or even like your mom or dad or, or or like any people that you view in your life that quote unquote control your life and control your mindset. You're really not going to care about that. And that was a major, um, you know, point for me of just understanding that our life here is very, very limited. You know, despite our life expectancy as humans getting longer with technology, our life is still very limited. You know, you, I could go out right after this podcast interview and get hit by a truck and die. And it's mm-hmm. that yeah. mentality. And it's like, you know, every single day on my phone, I have a reminder that goes off that says you're going to die one day. So I literally say this to myself every day. 
to remind myself because, you know, that stops me from getting complacent. That keeps me focusing on the right kinds of things because, you know, when all said is gone, you're going to die one day and you want it to be, you know, you want your legacy to extend past your lifespan. You want to create things that people are going to remember you for. And you also don't want to be controlled by the stupid things that you're going to regret on your deadbed, that you're on your deathbed. And so, that's that's what I would say. You're gonna die. You could die tomorrow, or you could die in five minutes. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I will follow up on that to say that Mark Metry is one of the people who is alive while he's alive, uh, which is not the case, or doesn't look like the case, with uh, maybe some. So that's a good mindset to have. It's good to be alive Thanks, while Mark. we're still here and play a little bit. Yeah, Mark, it has been great to have you on episode number two hundred twenty-nine of the show thank you for being on that's awesome bro and good for you for doing 229 you know what i'm saying and we are out